0: Hey, everybody. This is the Never Heard of It podcast. I'm Sean Harwell. This is a show where we talk about the movies that have fallen through our cracks and yours, and I'm joined, as always, by Craig Moorhead. Craig, how are
1: you? I'm doing all right, Sean. Uh, you know, still still pulling through the whole lockdown situation, getting mm-hmm. ready to trans, uh, transfer, getting ready to um, transition from school year to summer, which is going to look remarkably the same, <laughs> Yes. trying to figure out how to how to get the kids kind of uh, giving the idea that this is what's happening, and otherwise just holding it down. How about you guys?
0: About the same. Our daughter finished up school uh, this Wednesday at the time of our recording, which will be weeks before this episode actually comes out. But yeah, it's the days look really similar, except for we're really fighting. Like, ah, oh, God, I should not just let her be on the iPad, even though she yeah. just did months of that uh, yeah. on, for school. So. They have announced that the most of the city pools will be closed. There's a little water, th- you know, thing downtown that's gonna be closed all summer. Like they're not even trying to open these places. So, yeah, we're gonna be looking for some things to do probably, yeah. and keep everybody entertained and the same, but still definitely trying to trying to stay safe. I saw a video over the weekend of the casino floor in Las Vegas and. Uh, I I crapped my pants and probably somebody else's too. Oh, no. I don't like the looks of it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. be smart, be safe. We've said it before. Anyway, Craig, if people want to argue with us about that or anything else, where should they come and do so, should they want to do so?
1: Sean, in this day and age, you can get in touch with almost anyone that you want, uh, and and it's super easy to do because of our computers. Mm. Uh, On your computer, you can find us uh, on Twitter – at Never Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, just Never Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at N H O I T Podcast, where you'll find so many entertaining photos and, and images. Uh, you can find the podcast itself on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Overcast, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. And there may be even a few others out there. Hopefully, uh, whatever one you listen to, uh, it's on there. If it's not, drop us a line uh if you're listening to this how are you listening to this that's the part i always get confused (laughs) about uh i I should look into it i mean i have the entire internet right here uh but regardless i'm glad you're listening and uh if wherever you're listening to us if you can subscribe and leave a review that would be awesome because that helps people find us just the same way that i found sean and sean uh that's
0: you found yeah that's how you found me
1: That's how I found you. Weird,
0: I didn't know the internet was even around back then, but okay.
1: It's true. Someone subscribed (laughs) to you and left a review. And I was like, "Eh, all right. Might as well be friends with this guy. Thank
0: you, mystery person.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it was a big help. Four stars out of seven. (laughs) Wow. But, so let's let's get into the movie we're going to be talking about today.
0: Yes, Craig. I'm excited about it. We're continuing our month of uh, looking at, at Africa, both as a setting and both as a uh, birthplace of, of international filmmakers that we knew very, 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 very little about. So today we're going to talk about the movie Atlantics, which is a very recent movie from 2019. Craig, you are going to tell us about the folks who made it.
1: Oh, you bet you I am. Here's the deal. Atlantics, it was directed by Mati Diop. Mati uh, was an actress. It was. She hasn't. She's fine. (laughs) I'm getting off on the wrong foot. Until
0: she is not doing anything, I guess she still could be an actress.
1: Sure. Uh, Mati has been uh, acting, uh, at least according to the internet, since 2008, when she appeared as Josephine in a movie called 35 Shots of Rum. Her first directing gig uh, was a doc short called Atlantique's. What? And if uh, that sounds familiar that's because that's what the name of our movie is sort of <laughs> it's it's basically the basis of the film we're talking about right now uh it is doc about uh Senegalese friends who make a dangerous boat crossing essentially and that is uh, kind of what uh, Atlantics is about with with a few key differences i guess yeah i think so uh, according to what i'd seen uh in 213 in 213 <laughs> uh she's she's very old yeah, wow uh, yeah, no, in 2013, <laughs> she she made uh, a, a Thousand Sons, the doc uh, that I believe we talked about in the tee-up for mm-hmm. Tukibuki, uh, the last movie we talked about. Uh, it's a doc about the star of that movie. yeah uh, She is the niece of Jabril Diop Mambati, who uh, directed Tukibuki and I believe wrote it as well. Atlantics is written by Mati Diop, who also wrote three other shorts that she directed, and it was also written by Olivier Demangel, uh Demen, Demangel? I want to say Demangel might be right. I don't know. That's, that's Demangel. soft g sounds yeah. right. Uh will always be Demangel to me. <laughs> and Olivier is known uh for this movie and for writing some recent episodes of a TV series called Baron Noir.
0: Ooh. That's cool.
1: Yeah. Uh, the movie is produced. Uh, the producing producer list was pretty long. Yeah, mostly co-producers who it looked like they had pretty much com- come together to make this movie, uh, which is fantastic. I stuck with a couple of the the larger names this time. We've got Remy Bra, who uh, also produced Persepolis and Clouds of Sils Maria. Oh wow. and and I definitely mispronounced Remy's last name. <laughs> But there's also Eve Robin, and I'm probably mispronouncing it. <laughs> Robin. I mean, there's, there's a 75% chance I'm making that doing that wrong. But uh, Eve was a co-producer on a movie called Zombie Child and a short called Lady Dallas, hmm. among others. Uh, music is by Fatima Fatima Al-Kadiri. Uh, only this one film has Fatima huh. uh, scored so far. But, I mean, you know, this was last year. Still got yeah. plenty of time. Unless you were born in 213, (laughs) as as I understand many people in this casting. Well, then
0: you're immortal, so you got all the time in the world.
1: Right, right? well, yeah, (laughs) you can do whatever you want. Uh, DP is, oh, I know I misspelled this, Claire Mathon.
0: M-A-T-H-O-N is what I'm seeing on.
1: Well, M-A-T-H-O-N, yes, I I have it written as claire
0: Oh, okay, yeah, no Claire. I'm sure it's Claire. Yeah, it's Claire.
1: Yeah, Claire Mathon. Claire has, has shot 64 Holy. shorts, TV episodes, and features since the year 2000. Wow. It's, it's quite an impressive list when you look at it. And it looks like a lot of them were like kind of in a compressed period of time. Like It seems like uh, Claire's been doing more over time. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Every year, uh, a couple more. Uh, that's how you get stronger. <laughs> that's what they say. Claire... Yeah, Claire uh, also shot Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Really? Okay. Which uh, was last year and in 2013? Thir- t- t- what? <laughs> am I doing? Uh, and 800 years ago she shot a movie called <laughs> The Stranger, uh, Stranger by the Lake in 2013. Okay. The film editing is by oh boy. Al Delier, uh oof. El Delier Vega. So sorry. About that name that I just butchered. Oh, that's a
0: tough first name. I'm not sure. A-E-L is the spelling. And there's umlaut over the E, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's and it's, pr- it's, it's probably uh, L so simple or something like that. Just say it to me. Yeah. It's probably L. L. Okay. Anyway. Regardless, L edited uh, other such uh, movies as, uh, there's a short called Happy Slapping Mutant.
0: Great title. Which I'm,
1: yes, all about that uh there's a doc called uh behind jim jarmusch really possibly about standing in lines <laughs> i don't know it's,
0: it's a line at costco it was just jim jarmusch yeah
1: <laughs> but you know what yeah if it's called behind jim jarmusch i'd probably watch it anyway yeah
0: i'd watch that yeah
1: see what's up uh apparently there's no casting director to be had here the actors just showed up on the first day i guess
0: well i you know what i see one on imdb and this is interesting it's casting department sarah Fursey. And her credit is casting trainee. So right. then it's like, well, yeah, but under whom?
1: Right. Fascinating. Maybe just, maybe she's like, the world is my teacher. <laughs> maybe. You yeah. know what I mean? How people, so they, sometimes they, they, well, whatever. Uh, I can't wait to see what Sarah, how, how Sarah was trained yeah. to cast the movie. I mean, this is an interesting cast because the vast majority of the actors in this cast, this is their one and only movie. Again, only last year. So, you know, it's not like that's a.
0: Maybe that has something to do with that credit, then. It could be if there's like a union situation where it's like, okay, you cast a movie, but you didn't cast anybody who was from a union, you know. True. Yeah, I wonder about that. I don't know. Or if it's because I know they cast some of it in Senegal and from locals there. So maybe, I don't know. Right. It, it might have something to do with just even within the credit itself.
1: Absolutely. So most of the cast here, and it's not a small cast. Uh, most of the cast, this is their first and only movie. Our top credited cast, if I may go ahead and 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 just really beat up some names right now. Sure. Mamé Benetta San San, San San Sané.
0: Let's go with that. <laughs> just, Sané.
1: I'm gonna go with that, just so we can like move right past it. Plays Ada. We've got Amadou Mbao playing Issa. We've got Traore playing Traore. Just one name. Yep. Sometimes credited as Ibrahima Traore, which I think is true in this movie, uh, playing Solomon. Uh, But we have a few here toward uh, the bottom of the cast list who do have some other credits that are kind of interesting. We've got Ibrahima Mbae, I think that may be close, Yeah. as Mustafa. Now, Ibrahima was on the television show Madame Bruchette, uh, which we heard about also when we were talking about Tukibuki a while back. Usenu, uh, Usenu Diop, who played Charlie in Tukibuki, was also in Madame Bruchette. Hmm. So, yeah, they were kind of there together. We've got Diancu Sembene as Dr. Nda- uh Dianku also appeared in the TV series called 000, which is an Amazon original.
0: That's right, yeah.
1: And we've got Matar Diouf as Policier Pierre. Uh, and Matar would also have been seen in Angel in 2018, and a movie called Staff Only in 2019. That's all I've got on our cast and crew. Uh, really excited about seeing this again, kind of like when we when we watched Thunder Road uh, a month or two ago. There, where it just feels like there's a lot of new blood. Yeah, and I'm kind of looking forward to seeing you know that that energy, and uh, and seeing what's uh, what what they're going to bring to the table. But speaking of, of bringing things to the table, why don't you bring your notes to the table, Sean, and let's uh, let's take a look at them.
0: They are now on the table. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I was surprised to find out that this had been a short film. I didn't know that. And also a short documentary, which is even more interesting. And so we'll have to track that down. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give the log line now. And so maybe they'll give some context, context, excuse me to some of what I have, which is kind of just more information about Diop and just some quotes that she had uh, about the film itself because I didn't find a ton about the production of it, per se. So anyway, here we go. This is from IMDb. In a popular suburb of Dakar, workers on the construction site of a futuristic tower without pay for months decide to leave the country by the ocean for a better future. Among them is Suleiman, the lover of Ada, promised to another... The thing here is, though, is it's a drama, mystery, romance. And I'll go ahead and where's my tagline down here? Because I thought this one was was interesting. Every love story is a ghost story. So not to spoil anything, but I do think there's some genre bending going on a little bit in this film, which has me very excited. And I've got a particular uh, tidbit on that at the very end. But yes, uh, what I found is that, yeah, I think most of this cast were non-professional actors, and that's part of why Mm -hmm. they don't have a resume. And it said that she found most of them after doing months of searching uh, the capital city of Senegal, um, which is Dakar, of course. So uh, Mati Diop was born in Paris, and you mentioned her uncle, who made Tukibuki, but her father is a musician named Wasis Diop, whom... You know, I don't know that we talked that much about the music in Tukibuki, but, God, there was a song towards the end, I think it was over the part where uh, he was standing in the Jeep naked, riding through town. It was just such a cool, like, 70s rock song. I think it was an instrumental rock song. So I went looking for that on Spotify. Uh, I I didn't quite find it, but I did find some music by by Diop. I had listened to it without knowing that that was her father. Uh, her mother, I think, is a Parisian, uh named Christine Broussard, who is a noted art buyer. So, yeah, she's got some, some interesting family there, for sure. Creative yeah. family, of course. Found, I, I think she started studying, and, and it wasn't clear to me if this was completely film-related or not, but at a contemporary art studio in France, and then as well as the Palais de Tokyo, in their experimental artist studio. And there's an institute called the Radcliffe Institute for Advanced Study, where she was a part of their film fellowship program in 2014 and 2015, which is where she wrote, I think the first draft of this feature, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, she's 37, 38. And yeah, the, the short was made in 2009. That picked up prizes at the Rotterdam International Film Festival and the Media City Film Festival. And um, she told Fabien Lemercier at Cine Europa kind of in regards to that short doc and this feature, which is some of the same subject matter, even though obviously the form is going to look quite different between the two. So her comment was on some of the men that she had seen in Dakar, I think, when she was doing the documentary and just why she would continue to think about it. She said... Most of these men are, quote, so obsessed with the idea of going to Spain, of no longer being in Senegal no matter what, of disappearing from its shores, that it was as if they weren't there anymore. They were already somewhere else, gone. And as there were so many people going missing at sea, I started to look at the ocean differently. I basically started to see Dakar as a ghost town, and it was as if the ocean itself were sucking up these boys. It's madness, but it's part of my madness as a filmmaker. that's coming from uh, thecriterion.com uh mm-hmm. website. I don't think it's thecriterion.com. I think it's criterion.com, but it's the Criterion Collection. You guys know what I'm talking about. Come on. Oh yeah. Um also made that documentary that you talked about, which was uh about the um the actor uh Magaye Niang from Tukibuki, which that's played at the Toronto International Film Festival and Museum of Modern Art. So that's big, right? I mean, you know, those are huge mm-hmm. festivals. I do think there was a lot of anticipation that she would make a feature. You know, not all documentarians do, certainly, but it it seemed to be there was quite a bit of uh, a fervor for this even before it came out. And, of course, knowing she had also appeared in that film, 35 Shots of Rum, which was directed by Claire Denis, a very noted French director herself, Mm -hmm. who did uh, High Life, which I still haven't seen. was the Robert Pattinson sci-fi movie from last year, I believe, and White Material, I've seen, which is really, really good. Yeah. So according to, I think this was on Wikipedia, I mean, they more or less implied that she is done acting and that that kind of stopped pursuing that in 2016. They didn't have anything else about that. So I I don't know. I'm kind of with you. Like, you know, if you, the lead in a Claire Denis movie, it doesn't, it's not gonna surprise me if it happens again sometime that she's appearing in front of the camera, but we'll see. A few more things about this film that she has said, and she did an interview with the LA Times, where she said, quote, one of the reasons why I made this film, there are so many reasons, but one of the intentions was that I really wanted to show that my first feature was going to be in Dakar in Senegal with black characters, and that was very intentional politically. I could have made a first feature in France, but I really decided that cinema needed this film much more than another French film with white teenage girls, which... I kind of wonder if that's a dig at blue is the warmest color or if there's something like if it's just a general thing. I mean, I don't know enough about French cinema, like recent French cinema to know if there's been like some sort of onslaught of movies (laughs) made there starring white teenage girls. But uh, that definitely came to mind. I mean, anyway, I I, I did like that movie, but nonetheless. Okay. uh, And about her uncle. Quote, my starting as a filmmaker has a lot to do with his premature passing, because when he passed away, I was very young. I was 16. I was not even into cinema. But in 2008, it was 10 years after his passing and I was around 25 And I was starting to really want to become a filmmaker. And I think that I really measured and realized his heritage and the importance of his legacy. I think it has obliged me to really decide or clearly in terms of my engagements, like what cinema do I really want to defend today? And even though I've never felt like I should carry or follow a mission, I don't carry my legacy as something heavy or constrained. I still felt something had to be continued in my way. So, yeah, that was from the same L.A. Times interview with Mark Olson, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You know, there's obviously uh, critics of nepotism, and sometimes that's really warranted, and sometimes, sure. I, I don't know if this feels a little different to me, so we'll see. Uh, the movie, Atlantics, this version of Atlantics, 2019's version, premiered at the Cannes Film Festival on May 16th and was quickly acquired by Netflix. Uh, it is notable as the first film directed by a black woman to ever compete in main competition, Whoa. which is both sad and amazing. Yeah, right? Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. The film won the, the Grand Prix there, which is the sort of second most prestigious prize given by a jury um, next to the Palme d'Or. Did a ton of festivals, got a limited release in the U.S. Uh, on November 15th, 2019. And since it's a Netflix film, you know, that means really, really limited release in theaters. Um, I think it, it played at least a couple theaters. I could be wrong about that. Maybe that's just uh, right. something else. But it uh, showed up on Netflix later that month towards, uh, towards Thanksgiving and around the globe, this is one of the few movies that we've had where the the also known as is pretty much just Atlantics or some version of that for that particular language. However, there was a working title listed. Uh, so at one point, this film must have been called Fire Next Time, which is kind of an interesting title that maybe
1: yeah.
0: uh, somebody should do something with. Lots of love for this movie. If you've heard of it, you, you probably have heard of it because it got favorable reviews and, and did well at, at the film festival. So uh, Balak Harashi of uh, NPR said, quote, It's the story of the women left behind, and it's a ghost story. Atlantics is a ghost story about migration. It dramatizes the stories of the young men who leave countries like Senegal in hopes of reaching Europe and how their absence and their loss haunts the women they leave behind. David Fear of Rolling Stone gave the film four and a half stars out of five, saying, quote, even when things start to dip into supernatural territory, Atlantic remains oddly grounded, still dedicated to tackling a topical subject without being dogmatic. You feel as if you're watching something that's region specific, yet it never makes its characters feel like others. Nor do you ever sense that the act of giving these often agency less females a voice is something based in charity because Diop makes the endeavor feel like a necessity. Uh, I'm going to ruin this name. Namwali Serpell of The Nation, quote, Atlantic speaks the tongue of beauty. Moonrise, sunset, reflective glass, shards of mirror, fluttering curtains, gauzy ones, rosy light, constellated lights, filigree waves, the vast, implacable sea. But none of these patterns add up to a message. Rather, they weave a material from within, which Diop twists plot and genre. Which that, I mean, that review is like a poem itself, right? (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah, I got to start reading the Nation, I guess. Uh, So this did make (laughs) about four hundred grand globally in its very limited release. I never saw a budget anywhere, which is kind of surprising. I mean, usually you can find that uh, for a film made last year, right? Yeah. I don't think we've done a two thousand nineteen film yet, Craig.
1: That is very likely. Okay.
0: So are you ready for the top ten global box office champions here?
1: Ah, yeah.
0: Okay. Um, I'm just going to say one word, and that word is Disney, and here we go. Uh, Avengers Endgame, The Lion King, Frozen 2, Spider-Man Far From Home, Captain Marvel, Joker, Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker, Toy Story 4, Aladdin, Jumanji, The Next Level. Again, that is the global box office, and I did that Mm -hmm. specifically because we're talking about an international film. Mm Obviously, all but two of those are complete Disney properties, I think. Yeah. Jumanji was the only one that did not make a billion dollars from that top 10.
1: Losers.
0: Uh, (laughs) uh, uh, That's crazy. Um, That is crazy. But it it was a drop, though. uh, Jumanji, I think, was sitting in the 700, like only 700 some million. Oh, yeah.
1: No, it was huge. Total losers.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's nuts. Absolutely nuts. The Oscars were so recent, I feel like I'm not even going to ask you the obvious, but uh, yeah, Parasite was a big winner, Bong Joon-ho won Best Director, Joaquin Phoenix, Renee Zellweger picked up the Leading Actor Awards for Joker and Judy, which that feels like it should be a movie in and of itself, sometime, Joker mm-hmm. and Judy. Do you know anybody who's seen Judy? Not a single person. Me either, yeah. yeah. Maybe we should watch, that feels like it's almost like i never heard of a movie at this point.
1: Yeah, never heard of anyone who saw it. That fits in. We'll
0: have to do that sometime. Brad Pitts, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Laura Dern, Mirrored Story, Toy Story 4 was your winner for animated film. Parasite, your winner for the international film and American Factory won Best Documentary, which is another Netflix film. Uh, Atlantics was selected as a Senegalese entry for the Best International Feature Film uh, shortlist. And it, it it said it made the December shortlist specifically I don't know if that means it made it through like a round or two. I don't know exactly what that entails, but here's your nominees in that category last year. You got Corpus Christi, which is a Polish film, Honeyland, which is listed as North Macedonia, uh, Les Mises from France, and Pain and Glory, which is from Spain, and Pedro Almodovar. I haven't seen any of those. no. I really want to see Pain and Glory. If not, I don't know anything about the rest of them, I gotta say, uh, lame is. No. Yeah. So this movie did win uh, a couple additional awards, and that was Best First Feature in IndieWire's 2019 Critics Poll, which is that's that's a pretty damn good thing to have on your mantle, I think. Agreed. Uh, and was ranked fourth in their Best Foreign Film list that year. Uh Barack Obama picked Atlantic among his favorite films and TV series of 2019 in his annual list that he releases on Twitter now. So good for that. Uh lastly, Craig. Hmm. I didn't know about this sort of supernatural through line to this movie. So I was already excited, just mainly just because of the hype and I had seen the poster and I like that image. Uh here we go. Diop listed several. Uh, films that were influences upon this and there were a couple international ones but then for Mood and Imagery, two specific ones stood out to me which were John Carpenter's The Fog and Michael Mann's Miami Vice. And I can't imagine what those two wow. might look like. But uh, it's got me excited. Yeah, those were not those were unexpected influences, I'll say, just even not having seen a, a frame of this movie.
1: Well, just to be very simplistic about it, both of them do involve boats to a okay, high degree. Okay, that's
0: probably yeah, yeah. What what boat movies so, can we see? Oh yeah yeah yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm sure Titanic was probably Titanic yeah. was a huge yeah. <laughs> well, you know, if, if you're talking box office, that's not a bad one to have as an influence. It's not bad. But uh, that is all I have. I'm really excited to check this out. You know, I think it, it's exciting to know that it did as well as it did. It's a new voice that you know you mentioned, and specifically a new voice as far as you know the person that is re- representing and, and where it's representing is from at Can. Mm-hmm. That's good, and I just want to see it. So it's on Netflix still. It's an hour and forty-five minutes. It is coming to the Criterion Collection along with *Marriage Story*, *The Irishman*, and *American Factory*. Uh, I think later this year. I don't think it's out yet. I could be wrong about that. Uh, Forgive me if I am, but yeah, I think those are all dropping later this year, so it'll be interesting to see kind of maybe if this also makes the shift to the Criterion channel where maybe some extras uh, would be accompanying it, but we'll see. Mm -hmm. Anything else you want to add, Craig?
1: No, not right now. Not outside of uh, this episode. has gotten me really excited to watch this.
0: I'm with you. And uh, if you check it out, let us know. Otherwise, come back next time and we'll tell you... Completely all about it, so you don't even need to see it, you lazy bum. Craig, any last words? <laughs> yeah.
1: Um uh yeah.
0: Okay. That's it. Uh <laughs> oh, that that feels like a cheat anyway. Okay, bye. It
1: is, it is. Bye bye.